This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. How are we doing once again? The Under the Cosh podcast episode three, new venue. Three and three. Three and three. <laughs> yeah, we haven't done that before, three and three. Tackles. Three tackles in three games. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you like that one, huh? Fucking yeah. <laughs> okay, you, 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 you didn't know we were going to do it. I've never seen him so I'm animated. Three, three, three new guests, three, three venues. venues. We've gone probably. 500 miles I've driven to get to these three venues. We've gone to Hull, Blackburn, and then York to Liverpool. And obviously I went to go home as well. It's like a fucking camel trek today, man. Jesus Christ. We're, we've already done the podcast. Yeah. Because we're, we're on a tight budget. You know, Bruce yeah. here with the big dogs. Yeah, we've got to, You know, you've got, to, you've got to dance to their tune, haven't you? We had yeah. to accommodate Bruce, didn't we? Yeah. It weren't like Brucey. Just all on a bit here, mate. <laughs> Just having a couple of pints, Bruce. Yeah, we've got half an hour. Fucking Bruce Grubble, are you? You know what I mean? Tapping his watch. Yeah. So I've, Somebody uh, wasn't here on time. Uh, I've, I've had to work today. I've come straight from training line. So I think it was fucking 100 miles I've driven. To be fair, I'm wood heaven on earth to be here today. <laughs> and if it had not been Bruce Grubble, I would have fucked it up. I said, fucking sort it tight. Just put that shit out yourself, lads. <laughs> You said you were going to do an army roll when you walked in as well. Yeah, no, yeah, but I shit it in that. You know what I mean? You look nervous. I'll tell you what, I'm, not, I'm, I'm glad you didn't. Some of the stories were, were uh, hearing for you. He'd have had your ears in his bag. He'd have fucking tucked me up, wouldn't he? I've been in, fucking, in a suitcase. Although we did learn uh, just before you came in that he scored more goals against York City than you scored for York City this season. This season? Mm-hmm. He scored, how many goals he scored against York? What lot. Yeah. <laughs> the benefit of the story, yeah. Lord. All oh, right. Don't let the truth get in the way of a good story. Top man you Bruce. should mow that more than anybody. Top man, Bruce. Top man. <laughs> the, the, the joy on Bruce's face when I slammed that door up and it swung up in an hour. Here it, I remember you. He said, "I remember you from the." I'm sure. I think you got a candy washing machine. <laughs> Black and white striped tie touching your trousers. <laughs> I can remember you from the fucking players' lounge at Liverpool. Spike, yeah. You yeah. great, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> You're always going to go that way. You were fat as a kid. <laughs> right, anyway, should we listen to uh, should we see what Bruce has to say for himself? Yes. We've rambled enough fucking yeah. shite, haven't we? You mainly. But welcome, Bruce. Welcome, Bruce. Bruce, just coming down. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Thank you very much for inviting me. We've had some interesting players travelling to training on the bike, skipping school, all to get into football. But it's the first bit of jungle warfare we've had. Yeah, it's fair, isn't it? Well, it always it all starts in the jungle, don't worry. Your life from start to finish is fucking crazy, to be honest. It's an yeah. interesting read, isn't it? I wrote a book in 1985 uh, yeah. called More Than Somewhat with uh, Bob Harris. But that book in 1985 got me into trouble with my country, with. Uh, uh, with everything. Yeah, well, yeah, because I called them guerrillas and terrorists, yeah. which they were. But you know, I wasn't. I wasn't very politically correct, uh, so they yeah. refused my passport for the better part of nine years, seven and a half, seven and a half years. So that uh, stopped me playing for the, for my country, Zimbabwe. And yeah, who knows where we would have been if I'd been playing with you know in the national team. What was it like growing up? It's not part time as such. There's a lot of division at that time. 
Yeah, uh, Rhodesia wasn't uh, wasn't the country of uh, apartheid. Uh, there were divisions. Um, blacks and whites uh, were separated in different uh, areas. You know, they had African areas, and then you had the affluent white areas. And with Rhodesia, they had the first all-white team to play in a black league yeah. in the whole of Africa. So it was quite revolutionary how they did it. We, when we, when we went to, uh, the Rhodesians came down to South Africa to play, they decided, well, why don't we mix it up and just okay, have a cross-league basis where you can borrow one player from another league. So Durban City borrowed one from Amazulu, the black lad, and I went the other way to play for the black team. Was that like groundbreaking? That was groundbreaking. Completely different to what's been going on. So you're one of the first. First to, you know, break the divide. Yeah. Because I'd played in Rhodesia against the blacks and for blacks in the township, I didn't mind going to Kwamashu in Durban, one of the notorious uh, townships in in the whole of South Africa. You know, white people go there and disappear. They don't come out of there. But there's a little white boy going and playing in the in the stadium we you know <laughs> like he no fear. Can, you, can you imagine if you did something wrong in the game you wouldn't get out of there <laughs> <laughs> so it was revolutionary the way that they, they did it it was in the main state cup and so how were we then then uh, i'd come out of the army by then uh, i was 19 20. you skipped the army already when you left no no, no we, we can go back, back to it we can go back to it that was conscription weren't it so you, you no choice in the matter no choice well i did have a choice uh, I could have just jumped in my car and went to South Africa yeah, and yeah. forgot about it. But uh, I came away from a team that I was sold to in Chibuku. I didn't like the manager. The manager was Jack Meager. He was, you know, an Englishman who, you know, thought he could rule the roost in, in Rhodesia. And I signed for Chibuku for two years. But uh, Jack Meager had got the two Rhodesian goalkeepers, myself and a chap called Pasani Sabanda. And when Pisani played and we drew, he kept him in. If we drew and I was playing, you know, he took me out and put the, the Pisani back. And I didn't like it, so... So he couldn't wait six to get weeks, out of the team. So I, six <laughs> weeks I told him to shove the, the team where it doesn't shine. And I went down to Bulawayo to see my mother and immediately said, what are you going to do now? I said, I'm going to go to Durban because that's where you, I was born and I want to go see where I was born. She said, no, no, you, you're going to have to go to the army barracks to see when you're going to get called up. So we went down there and the sergeant major... Kicking yeah. and screaming, are you happy to... No, I went down there just to see when they were going to call me up. And he said, six months time. I looked at my mother, I said, I'll be in Durban. <laughs> <laughs> and then the sergeant major said, well, there's one going in tomorrow morning. And she grabbed my hand. In the go. I went straight in the next, next day, walking in the army. Yes. Essentially pretty peaceful within that first six months, 12, yeah, 12 months? just border control. Make sure that no, nobody's coming across the border. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you see the Fulimo, the guys on the other side, and we wave at them and go out. And, but we know that there's, they're harboring some of the freedom fighters on the other side. Yeah. So put a rain shelter up, a little bit of uh, sandbags about this yay high, just in case they shoot and, you know, hits the sand. And you sleep down there until we went doop, doop, doop. Oh shit, here we go. Started. Mortars coming from that side. Yeah. And bang. Just uh, Thank goodness they were bloody bad shots. <laughs> Otherwise, if that thing came through, we'd all be dead. So that started 75 uh, Boxing Day. Yeah. That was really hit home that we, we were in the war. So, so yeah. were you in the, in the deep end in terms of... Yeah. Frontline. What was your role? Frontline. Well, yeah. we... From... In the, the first six months, uh, just after the six months, we started Boxing Day, which turned into that we had to go on patrols down up and down the border. And when we went, we were given uh, specific places where we had to go and lay ambush at night. And we, we were told, there's four of us, you must understand there's four. And if we're lucky, we can get another four. So there's eight of you and you have a killing area and you you told, watch out tonight, 120 people are going to come through there. Make sure they get up. most of them in the killing zone and then fire, the, you know, because now... And you just start firing. Oh, yeah. Boom, boom, boom. And you, you hear skirmishes, bang, bang. The Claymore mines are, you know, ma- ma- major killing area. And then uh, 
you have to wait until everything's calmed down and then skirmish backwards and then wait there that night. And then in the morning, you come together, see how many people are, of your side are, are alive, and then we go and ha- check the killing area and make sure that all the bodies are in the one area. Shit. And that's that's how what our unit was. I mean, just to the, the magnitude of like what you're exposed to, was there a guy with a, an ear jar? Yeah, Doe Herbst. What's that? He had a jar in his backpack, and he, for every kill he used to cut off the ear and put it in the jar. Of How many did he get? Oh. <laughs> uh, two jaws. <laughs> yeah. It sets you up for life, that doesn't it? it sets you up. Well, he's he was an Afrikaner. He was a hard man. His uh, family farm were taken over by these these characters. He is. I think his uncle was murdered on the farm by these uh, so insurgents and freedom fighters. So he had a vendetta, vendetta to get back. Yeah. And with a vendetta like that, you, you can't stop it. Yeah. How did you feel? Just before you'd, you'd Listen. It must be nerves and. Your adrenaline is going pumping that, that much that you don't think about it. And when he does that, you, you just let him, let him do it. He also used to collect snakes. Because, you know, when you're lying in your sleeping bag, Snakes come in there for the warmth, and so he's got all these bloody snakes in another Hessian bag. Snakes ears, or did he take the snakes? <laughs> the whole snake. So he's got live snakes in these ears. Jesus. He was a, a bit of a nutter. Yeah, a just bit a bit. A <laughs> it's not like, it, obviously, you're all there with your team. You, at, at all times, you're thinking, I might not see you again. You know, after tomorrow, I might never see you again. Yeah. How, how many exactly. did, did you lose people close to you? Or? Two of my. Uh, my group uh, got killed. When you then come to your playing career over here and you're regarded as, you know, probably Liverpool's greatest ever showman, so to say, a, a clown, you were called. Yeah, that's only the Evertonians being yeah. bitter. <laughs> well, eccentric, flamboyant, you know, is that, do you think because of what you've experienced, you're just expressing yourself in a completely different way? No, you, it, it dawns on you when you're in the army that uh, yes, you're going for another. You're in the helicopter going, and you're going to be dropped into Mozambique, yeah. uh, where the aircraft have come and blown this camper to smithereens, and now you're going to go through there to just to see how many people are, are alive or dead. And so you go. It dawns it dawns on you that you might never come out of that place mm. alive. So every day that you wake up, bang! Whoa, it's a bonus. Yeah, and that's how I lived my life. It, it, I took every day as a bonus. Every every single day as a bonus. You know, I haven't perished. Yeah, and football gave me an instant uh, relief because so many of my other friends are, are, have got PTSD. You know, PTSD. PTSD. Think it saved you. Yeah, football saved me for sure yeah. because it took my mind off what I atrocities that uh, happened to me in the war and working every day yeah. you know and fulfilling what I wanted to do getting paid for something that I loved uh, loved playing and football actually it, it was my saviour so while you were in the army we were still thinking that's what I want to do I need to I need yeah, to do but it. in the army we, we were going for an ambush and we were at this place in, in Yanga we sitting on either side of the road two of the guys here and myself and Stu just sitting this side and I said to them you know you know, if we get out of this bloody war, I think I'm, I, I want to try and play for Liverpool. And I started laughing. <laughs> and I went, piss off, we're going for a bloody ambush tonight. And there's a one in three chance one of us are going to get shot. Well, one of us did. It was my mate. No, oh, okay. it, just a you know, flesh wound. Yeah, yeah, just we a did, flesh wound. Yeah, flesh wound and went straight in, came straight out, yeah. And for him to carry on, we had uh, we carried tampons, which we plugged that one and plugged this hole, so it just drew out. And so he could walk on. So... And that's how it happened. Jesus. So I came out of the army and played for know, Liverpool. Came and played for Liverpool. So in life, if you can, if you dream it, make it, do it. Tell us about um, the first time Bob Paisley came to watch you. Ah, that was a crew, Mickey guy from Crew, and he turned around to Paisley and said, "Never mind about uh, the midfielder you're watching. You better watch this goalkeeper." So the next weekend it was York City at home, last game of the season. 
manager comes to me and says, listen, uh, the two very important people coming to watch you. Please don't do something stupid. <laughs> I said, no, no. no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Red rock symbol. Cross me the umbrella. There we go. <laughs> It was pissing raining, and so I said to the tea lady, can I borrow your umbrella? And I ran out to, to do the warm-up with the umbrella. <laughs> yeah, as you do. Uh, when I came, did my warm-up, came back, Tony Waddington was there in the entrance, shaking his head. I said, well, what's the, what's the matter, Gaffer? He says, you know those two people that came to watch you play? I said, what do you mean came? He says, yeah, they buggered off to go and watch Stoke City play Port Vale now. So they only watched 20 minutes. And, you know, 12 weeks later, I ended, ended up signing for Liverpool. Why did you... That, I'm just trying to figure the mentality, though. Of, did, was, it, was it a bit of a showmanship? No, it was raining. <laughs> <laughs> it was raining. I don't want to get my gear out. I was the captain, so I did what I wanted. <laughs> you scored that game as well, didn't you? I did, yeah. Manager said to me, when we get to 2-0 and we get a penalty, you can take it. Yeah. Well, I got to 1-0 and we had a penalty. I went, ooh <laughs> Bob, he has my cap. I hold it. <laughs> you get me the ball. I stuck it down and the keeper came to me and he said, listen, don't make me look like an idiot. Which side are you putting it? I said, just dive to your right. Put it up. No, put it up high right. So He's not saving them, is he? Nah. Well... An inch higher, I would have had to run backwards. <laughs> across the Panic land by the halfway line. Under bar, boom. So you said 12 Go. weeks later? 12 weeks later, I signed for Did you just carry on doing well? Well, out in North America, we had, I had about 10 games that I played there in North America from, from there on. And uh, played against San Diego, came in and the boss you know, said, uh, he said, listen, uh, have you got any furniture that you need to ship? I said, what? He said, I just sold you for 250,000 pounds to Liverpool. Here's your ticket. Off your Go, pop. Off your pop, you're going tonight. Bloody hell. How did you just feel at that moment? Ah, I packed my bags, bloody hell. Get, get to the airport. Yeah. Off I go, landed Heathrow. You're thinking someone's coming to pick you up? <laughs> Nobody came to pick me up. No helicopters. No, no, no. no, no. None of that. Ring up Liverpool Football Club and I speak to Bob Paisley. I get Bob Paisley. Yeah. Do you know where Manchester is? And he puts the phone down. So now I get to Manchester. Oh, they're going to come pick you up. It's 36 miles down the road. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fine. Walk out. Nobody. Get the club. Get his secretary. His secretary, do you know where Liverpool is? And puts the phone down. <laughs> So now I'm driving into Liverpool, I get to Liverpool, I don't know where to go. My mother told me, very, very, if you get, very important, if you get to a place and you don't know where to go, the only people that know where everything is is the black cabbies. Parked the car behind, behind a black cab, went and knocked on the window, I said these immortal words that you shouldn't say to a black cab in Liverpool. Excuse me, do you know where Anfield is? He looked at me and said, do I fucking know where Anfield is? Of course I do, dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He said, hop in. I said, oh, I've got a car. I've got a car. Oh, you better follow me, nobbed. <laughs> <laughs> and he took me to Anfield. It looks to me like... And the gates were shut. So, so I ended up going all the way around the houses, the Adelphi Hotel. <laughs> so I walk in there, went to the reception. Excuse me, love, have you got any rooms? Sorry, we fool. And as I turned around, I saw Tom Saunders giving Bob Paisley a pound note and saying, I never thought he would get here. <laughs> Why do you think they did? Do you think it was a... I, I think it was a test. To try and... Yeah. So I think it was a test and I passed the test, I think. <laughs> now, when you first went in, obviously some big names there. Did you hit the ground running or was it a struggle? First six months was a struggle. 81-82 um, season... First six months, we were in 13th position at Boxing Day. We lost 3-1 to Manchester City. And uh, that was my first reality check when Bob Paisley called me in the office. He says, how the bloody hell do you think you've bloody well played? I said, well, I could have played, yeah, I could have played better. Uh, maybe I should stop walking on my hands and swing <laughs> on my crossbow. <laughs> He said, yeah, yeah. If you do that anymore, you'll find yourself back at crew. And then I went back, I went back out. So from Boxing Day to the first yeah. five days, 
He never spoke to anybody in the in the uh, dressing room. Not at training, he never spoke to anybody. He was that cross and livid. On the first, we're playing at home. He comes into the dressing room and says, yeah, slams the door. We're going to make a change. And immediately I thought, hi, hi. I'm going to get dropped. He says, Tomo, is the captaincy too much for you? Tomo says, fuck off, boss. He went, fuck off. Your captaincy is fucked off to Sunes. Now get out and play. And that was it. That was it. That was it. Boom. We went on to win the league. Yeah. So I've just done an image 13. of Kez, remember Kez <laughs> swinging on the goalposts yeah. and that. Is, that. is that what you used to do? Yeah, I used to sit on the crop of the crossbar. Did no one say anything? You... Oh, yeah, yeah, the lads, the, the lads were saying, are oh, you bloody stupid? I said, did you just get bored? I got bored, yeah. Walk, <laughs> on, walk on your walk, own. Walk on my hands around the box while the game's going on and, and looking at the game like that. Oh, <laughs> now for my next trick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, from that day onwards, I didn't. I only did the handstands when we scored. Yeah, save it for the big occasion. Yeah. How are we doing? I know what you're thinking, and you'd be right. It's the best part of the podcast again, yes, when we get some interesting stats and facts from The Economist. Yes! I know it's been a long 20 minutes listening to Bruce bang on about Zimbabwe just to get to this part of the show, but fear not, because have I got some interesting stats and facts this week. Yep. Did you know that the Premier League is football's wealthiest division. Yeah, oh yeah, it is. And between 2010 and 2017, it doubled its income to a massive £1.71 billion. That is a lot of money. However, in 2018, TV rights failed to hit their reserve prices for the very first time in its 26-year history. Why, I hear you ask well. With 50% of 18 to 24-year-olds saying that they've streamed games illegally. Naughty, naughty. Facebook, Amazon Prime and Netflix all showing an interest in the Premier League. Could Sky and BT finally have a bit of competition for those TV rights? Only time will tell. But that's the thing with The Economist, you see. It's about far more than economics and finance. It covers a range of subjects from world politics, business, science, technology, arts, the environment... And even sports. See, I often like to put my feet up and nestle into a copy of The Economist. And as listeners of Under the Cost, you can do exactly the same and get your free copy sent to your door by texting UNDER, without the E, just like the title, U-N-D-R, to 78070. I probably don't read it as often as I should do, you know. I should be rolling in dollar bills from the FTSE instead of reading this ad. But when I do, I know that The Economist sifts through all the noise, focusing on the essential information that tells the real story. So if you're the kind of person who never stops asking questions and wants to know why the world is the way it is, get your free copy of The Economist by texting under without the e to 78070 so there we go i mean if you want to stick around for the rest of the podcast i mean it's up to you please feel free but otherwise i'll be back with some more interesting stats and facts from the economist next time the tension builds who ran that dressing room because we read about the the scottish mafia the scottish mafia ran the dressing room for sure yeah and then the, the the English guys tried to pull it away from the Scots uh, jocks, but no, it was the the mafia that really ran the roost in in the dressing room. If they take the piss out of you, and well, if you fold, then you're not going to be playing. Yeah. As uh, Rushy found out in the first couple, and if if you crumbled under that, then they know that they've got you. But if you fight back, oh, yeah. then they respect. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's what Rashi did. Did they have a pop at you when you first arrived? Oh, yeah. Everybody had a pop at me. Yeah. But, I, yeah. No fear? No. Listen, I've been in a war. <laughs> you that, can, that you can handle me. a few oh, no. jobs. <laughs> <laughs> There's not many people can say that in yeah. the changing room. Uh, yeah. How are we doing? How are you doing? I'm all right. Nice to meet nice you. To meet you. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm late. Hi, mate. You all right? Yeah. yeah. Bruce has scored more goals against York than you scored for him this season. <laughs> 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 fucking career goals and all that. <laughs> <laughs> fucking going down that way. Yeah. We won't be up, we will be up to. Scot- Scottish Mafia. Scottish Mafia, yeah. <laughs> what was um, Ronnie Moran like? Oh, Ronnie Moran was... He was sound. He was uh, one of those ones that uh, he would ra- rally you. He, he was the, the hard nut of the dressing room. 
you know, our first first year there when we won the League Cup and the League that year. And so we got our League Cup medal at Wembley. We didn't get our league, uh, you know, tr- you know, our, our medal. medals for the league once the season finished. First day of training, the next season, in walks Ronnie Moran with a cardboard box with all the medals inside, and he puts it on the dressing. T- he says, "If you think you deserved one, you can take one out." <laughs> you <laughs> you take one straight. Cheers, <laughs> 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 Ronnie. <laughs> for the appearance, for the appearance is a sub. I'm definitely having one. Yeah. Abby goals, you scored 23 goals, fuck off. Yeah. And, and, and that's how they were. You know, this is how, for the first three years, boom, that's how you did it. Yeah. Just keep you Keep you grounded. grounded. And if you, you know, you had to look at how many uh, appearances you made, or if you if you deserve one, so you six appearances, you can take one. So four guys that have only won four. Well, <laughs> you never got one. Yeah. Uh, Ronnie Whelan thought he had to give his back because <laughs> everybody said, no, you can't have one, you can put it back. <laughs> put David it back. Johnson is, David, <laughs> <laughs> and you, and David Johnson has left. <laughs> and there are a few like that just sneaking him in the pocket. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's a, that was Ronnie Moran. But in game, uh, game-wise, he used to... It's quite, quite crazy. Um, Jan Mulby came there. Was he big, Jan, when he came? He came on loan at Barnsley when I were when I were. Uh, was he big? Fan. And he were fucking. It made me look like I fucking Peter Crouch. Honestly, <laughs> he were a big guy. Nice. He'd probably have been 33-34. But he were always heavy, weren't he? Oh yeah. Hey, listen, he, he was heavy, but it was quite funny because uh, we came in when this is when one of the Scottish mafia Sunes was taken over. So at ninety-two, I think it was ninety-two. He came, yeah. So he, he's taken over, and pre-season. Oh yes, uh, funny thing is, I'll, I'll tell you this. I'm I'm in Zimbabwe, five thousand seven hundred and thirty feet above sea level, and I get this phone call. I'm training with the national team from Sunes. Sunes says, "Listen, uh, what are you doing?" I said, "I'm uh, training with the national team." He says, "Listen, we're going to Italy for high altitude training." <laughs> I said, "Oh." I, how high or where are you going? He says, uh, we're going to this place and it's uh, 1,200 feet above sea level. I said, why am I coming down? <laughs> <laughs> but but he, had, he was the manager. He says, get your ass here. So I had to fly in there. And this is at, at the training camp in Italy. There's a long line. We're going to go and jump on the scale and they're going to take in the fat measure because this is uh, the new regime. Sunes is going to get fat taken up, you know. That's when it all started, the fat counts and all that started. Yes, the fat counts. Were that hard? Were that hard for you as, Listen, as, as players, as a team? Yes, it was. Yeah, I can imagine. To the extent that uh, for the first six weeks, our, our number one striker hasn't even hit the net because he's eating fish and chicken and uh, pasta and rice and everything. So on the, the sixth week at home, at the motel, he says to this waiter, I don't want to shit anymore. <laughs> Bring me a steak, make it medium. I want, oh, make it blue. Put two <laughs> eggs on top and put the chips around. So he ate that and he scored a hat trick. And then he turns to soon as he says, That's what I'm fucking eating. <laughs> <laughs> and that was Ian Rush. No, he didn't. And he went on to uh, be the head, uh, you know, leading scorer. Yeah. First six weeks, no goals. Because <laughs> he's eating chicken and fish. It's mad, mad, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Eight four, Rome. Yeah. European Cup final. You're in that tunnel, Rome. Yeah. In their own backyard. Yeah. In their own backyard, yes. You're out first. Yeah. They start walking out. No, no, no. They didn't even walk out. They didn't walk until out until I banged on the door. And because, then, because you know, Sunni says this is no good. Sammy, what's that guy's name? But he, Chris, what Chris Iria? Kriggy, what, what, what's that song then? So give us a song that we can warm up to. So it came out of it. I don't know what it is, but I love it. So we all, I don't know what it is, but I love it. Stay <laughs> and I love it. Room. And, no, in this tunnel. is in the tunnel. Oh, the tunnel. <laughs> and when, when, I came, when I came to it, I don't know what it is, but I love it. Bang, bang <laughs> on the door. <laughs> and the Italian captain opens up and he, ah, oh, English bastardos. <laughs> And Suno says, if they come out, just look at them and carry on singing. So you can imagine, I don't know what it is. <laughs> Looking at an Italian. <laughs> what the hell's going on here? Oh, and so we walked out, you know, drew the game, then it goes down to the penalties. My God. 
smoking Joe and his 13th cigarette. <laughs> You're right. You're right. We're going to go through right. You. Nearly first. Who's that? Nickel. Second. <laughs> <laughs> Sunes third. Yeah, Rashi. Fourth. Uh, Dalglish. Fifth. And Kenny, Kenny turns around to the boss and says, hey, Gaffer, you substituted me in the 86 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> he's, got, he's got two fags there. Oh, fucking he says, well, who comes on for you? He looks down there. There's Michael Robinson with his, on the floor with his legs up. In, You've been on the field eight minutes. You got cramp? <laughs> <laughs> so in the end, he looked around. It was two of us standing like this. He looks at me, he looks at Alan Kennedy, he comes back and says, Bruce, you're taking the fifth penalty. <laughs> <laughs> but it never, it never worked never like that. that. Yeah. Never, because so you were actually taking the fifth penalty? I was taking the fifth penalty. The coin goes up, comes down, Liverpool in the Roma end. Phil Neal now is tying his bootlaces and taking too long, so Stevie Nickel grabs the ball and starts walking. <laughs> Phil Neal goes to the gaffer, excuse me, it should be me. He says, let's run with it. <laughs> And Stevie Nickel, no, not the full shilling. He's got the size 13 feet and he squeezes them into size 11 boots. So he, at the toe, his toes are like that. There's a little knob. We call him shovel foot. And what did he do? He shovel foots the ball straight over the bar. And when it was me coming to going to the game, uh, to, to the goal, I got this arm around me. I didn't have to look up because I could smell the cigarette. Listen, son, myself and the coaches, the chairman and directors, the captain and the team, the wives and the girlfriends. And I'm thinking, where the bloody hell is he going to this? <laughs> and, and the 20,000 20, fans that have come here to watch you play, I'm not going to blame you oh, if you can't <laughs> stop the ball from 12 yards. So I mean, I'm thinking, I've, oh, I got the blame, blame word. Oh, he said not. I turned around to him and said, oh, thanks, Kaffee. He says, but try and put them off. And that, that was it. That stuck yeah. in my head. I walked past Stevie Nickel. I said, thanks for that. He said, fuck off, do your own job. <laughs> and he just missed the penalty. Yeah, he's just missed the penalty. <laughs> so I get into the goal and I think, oh, what does he mean by trying to put them off? And normally I would, in the, on a first penalty anywhere in the world, if you get into this position, tell your goalkeeper to stand straight up and watch the ball because it's not going to be going into the corners. That guy there is just as nervous as you are. Stay where you are. But I didn't didn't. I know what, what does he mean? I'm, I remember going right. The ball came straight down the freaking middle. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Clipped my fingers and go in the back of the net. Now I didn't, I'm thinking, you stupid idiot. I, you know, that's what you should do. Phil Neal finishes tying his bootlaces, puts the ball down, goes in. Then comes uh, Bruno Conti. And he came like, picked up the ball and started a little dancing. As if, you know, oh. And you could almost hear him singing to himself, I'm Bruno Conti. I crossed the ball for Pizzo to score. And now I'm going to score a penalty. So I ran into the goal and just put my hands on my knees and switched them over like this. And which, to which he stopped dancing, looked at me, puts the ball down, takes two steps back, stood on the line, crossed them over again, and he blasted the ball over the top of the bar. And I thought, aye, aye, might work. <laughs> Third penalty... Soon as top corner, the next penalty for them, it was uh, Rigoletti. Couldn't get in the goal quick enough. <laughs> Come on, you beauty. <laughs> I've been watching you <laughs> for two days, taking penalties in this very stadium. I've been hiding. I know, what I know where you're going. Come on, same corner, same corner. I took off as he kicked it, top right. I looked over to him, top left. <laughs> And then I really realized when I came down, I've been watching him from the other side of the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rashi comes up, puts the ball down and bounces one in. It bounced three times before it went in the net. Worst penalty you've ever seen. But he scores. Then comes What's the score on penalties here then? 
You level, they've got one to take. Is that right? Both missed one. Yeah, yeah we level, and they've got one to take, and yeah. this is Graziani. He yeah. picks the ball up, and he goes and puts his arm around the referee. Now, when he put his arm around the referee, I went, and you, bastard. <laughs> I ran straight into the net, bit the net. Leave him alone, you can't touch him, you bloody ungentlemanly conduct. I'm pointing out. So then he, he ends up leaving the referee, but he's like marching. But you know Italians, they don't march forward, they march backwards. <laughs> well, in the Second World War they did. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I walked, I ran in like this, like, you know, as you saw on the TV, I, you know, like this, and then I gave a little bit of a, you know, yeah. squiggle. You know what you, you know, it reminded me of spaghetti, yeah. the net. And you know when you put hard spaghetti, you know, the hard spaghetti into boiling water, it buckles at the knees. So I buckled at the knees. He looked at me, he crossed himself, kissed the ball. Put. <laughs> I buckled at the knees, he's going like this. And then, reminding myself that I got to switch the stadium around when I watch <laughs> He's the second penalty taker and I know he's going to come down to my right. Well, as I moved, he now changes his mind and he's boom, and he smashes it. He clips the bar and goes over the ball. And I'm running around the field. Yeah, you basket. Yeah. <laughs> Forgetting I had to take the fifth penalty. Yeah. Now, well, the boss there saw me running around and said to Alan Kennedy, hey, look at that idiot. You grab the ball, get in the, get in the box. <laughs> so that was his message to Alan Kennedy. And then Alan Kennedy takes it. The only man that uh, had two, uh, you know when you want to put the ball in one position and you do the complete opposite? Well, he's had two, because in 81 he did exactly the same. He wanted to put it in bottom right, he went top left in Rome, he yeah. should have, and exactly the same in, in, uh, in Paris. He's the only man that's, you know, a mishit at goal. Twice. Twice, and he's won us yeah. two European Cups. <laughs> Did, Alan Kennedy. Oh, <laughs> for sure. When, he, when he's uh, walking up to that spot with a volley, are you thinking, hold on a minute, I'm supposed to be taking this. Well, Did I you want to take it? No, as I, told, yeah. I, told, I, told, I said to the Gavin, excuse me, it should be me. He says, if it takes you 20 seconds to get here, you can suffer like the rest of us and watch <laughs> him take the penalty. <laughs> Did you not have to sort of hand in a, a sheet then? No, no, in those days it was no. the five penalty takers and then the reserves. So they looked and they just took yeah, whatever. Just forward. Yeah. And then 2005, Jersey Dudek. Now, does Carragher say to <laughs> Jersey? I've, do I've, a Bruce. I've asked. Do a Bruce, is that? Do yeah. a Bruce. Yeah. And you know what uh, Dudek said? Who the bloody hell is Bruce? Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then Carragher said, a grobbler, a grobbler. And then that's when it dawned on him, I'll do one of those. The Grobbler thing. Because Josie Dudek didn't know my first name, he only knew Grobbler. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bruce. So Who's the bloody hell's Bruce? You've won him two European Cups, haven't you? Yeah, the small part. Yeah, yeah, small part. At least he saved two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> ah, my ones, they, they missed. You've got to claim them, though. I'd claim them as a save. <laughs> yeah. Even though he missed them. Psychological yeah. save. Psychologically, yes. Poor old Graziani went into the loony bin for two months, I think. Yeah, yeah he went to. Honestly? Uh, yeah. He went into a, 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 an asylum because he went completely around the twist. But then, this last year, he sends a message with a reporter because we've played against Roma, you know, in the Champions League. Yeah. Uh, you must come to Roma, Bruzzi. You must come to Roma. When uh, we play, we, you must come. We, we do the penalty again. <laughs> <laughs> So I said to him, no, I came to Roma the first time, you come to Liverpool this time, <laughs> and then we'll do the, the, the at a half time of one of the games. So that's gone back to him, he's got to, you know, suffer yep. and see. And I said to him, you, you really don't want to do this because if you miss again, you might go back to the same place. That was his final bit of therapy. His final bit of therapy, he's said you already. Yeah. <laughs> Who did you room with? David Johnson taught me how to be a Liverpool player. <laughs> you, you don't want to hear that. We do. So my very first trip is again, uh, we're going to Neuchâtel. Where's that? Uh, Switzerland. 
<laughs> no, tell X Max we're going to play against them in the preseason. So I've been groomed because Bob Paisley said, "Yeah, I'm going to put you with a, a player that's going to teach you how to be a Liverpool player." So after the pre-match, also the night meal, nine o'clock, you get a knock on the door. Three of the coaches come in, one in the bathroom to see if he snuck in any woman <laughs> you know, behind the shower curtain. One's in the cupboard looking, one's under the bed, seeing if you got any booze. Okay, fine. Yeah, all right. See you tomorrow at 11 o'clock. Good. Get some sleep. Good. Closes the door. I'm sitting there on my bed, lying on my bed. I'm hearing the uh, shower going. And next minute I hear... And then... David Johnson comes out and putting on his gear. I said, what's, what's going on? He says, don't you want to have a drink tonight? Woo, quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Got the gear on. And I'm just about to open the, the door. And he says, no, you don't do that. They'll be watching the corridor. We're only on the first floor. There's a train pipe. We're going to shimmy down the train pipe, <laughs> which we did. Into the, into the town. Go to this one club. It's got this black door with a window thing. And knock, knock. Opened up, oh, you can come in. In we go. Went to the bar, got a couple of pints and a bottle of wine for David Johnson. And we, <laughs> and we, himself. Yeah, we're sitting near a stage. Ten minutes later, two more players came and joined us. And then about three minutes later, the lights go off. You can't see anywhere. It's black. All of a sudden, there's a light on the stage <laughs> and, on, and the table. And on the table is a male and a female in very precarious positions that should, <laughs> should, should be done in the bedroom. <laughs> so I got up and I said, ah, oh, this is a shit place. I went to the bar, bought another five pints or six pints and another bottle of wine. We came back and sit and watch a few shows. <laughs> <laughs> and then after the third one, one of the players said, Doc, David Johnson, Doc, I've got, a, I've got an idea. Next time it goes, Doc, we'll get up. Behind the birds, get all our gear off. <laughs> and so we'll be up there with, you know, bollock naked. So we all give thumbs up. Well, it goes black. I've stood up and I've sat down straight away because I'm going to watch it and see who's going to be up there. <laughs> the light comes on the stage. I've looked right, there's David Johnson. I've looked left, there's Ian Rush. And we all looked up on the stage and there's this nutter with a rose between his teeth. I don't know where he got the rose, but I couldn't see flowers. <laughs> and he's got bollock naked. His, his jewels are going all over. You fucking bastards. You fucking bastards. <laughs> Ronnie Whelan. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and this is the night before he gave me the x -Men. Well, we get back, yeah. Well, that was it. Well, he, he, taught me, he taught me to uh, be a <laughs> Liverpool player. <laughs> so did, the, did the staff find out? Or? No, no. Some of the players, ex-other players, have found out and threatened to, uh, well, Scottish Mafia threatened to tell yeah. the boss, but, you know, that's, that's their, their prerogative. David Johnson left, and I roomed with another Johnson, Craig Johnson, for about five years, um, until Steve McMahon came, and then uh, he decided he didn't want to room with me because Steve McMahon was going to be after me in the middle of the night, trying to get into my room to to do me in, you see, so. But you fell out with him? Oh, I fell out with him, of course. But, you know, it's just, just. So it's like you were going to quit the room and. Yeah, yeah, he did, he did try, but. Uh, what, to get you? Yeah. So, because I headbutted him and broke his nose. <laughs> because he, he, he had smacked. <laughs> for any reason, or? Because he smacked uh, Barry Venison. And was he your man? Well, Barry was just Barry, pretty boy. So <laughs> he came in a lovely mullet. Steve Tyler had a pair on him. Fantastic mullet if I remember yeah, right. So McMahon came in and smashed him, you know, in the, in a gathering with Dundee and and us. So was he, was he out of order? He was yeah. out of order. Yeah. And the Dundee guys were going to go and fight against, uh, so myself and the goalkeeping coach from Dundee split us apart and I said, listen, it's nothing to do with you Dundee lads. It's in-house. I'll take these guys. I took them into the lobby. And that's when uh, McMahon swung a punch. I ducked and butted him, broke his nose. <laughs> and it was in front of the reception. So he went upstairs. I went back into the, getting some more drinks. <laughs> and I got, got 
Dagdish comes and calls us, get the hook finger from the door, go into the, res uh, into the reception, there's McMahon standing behind uh, Dagdish. Why did you break his nose? Well, if he swings a punch at me, I'm, I'm going to react. In fact, go and ask the bloody uh, receptionist. So <laughs> Dalglish goes and asks, asks the receptionist, comes back, he says, uh, McMahon, up to bed. Bruce, you've got an hour in the bar. In <laughs> <laughs> and because that happened, Craig Johnson said, no, I don't want a, a room with you because he's going to come in tonight. All right, yeah. So I did a little thing. You know, hotel rooms, as you open the door, there's the cupboard or just the hanging space in some of the bad hotels. So this was that. He had now bought his own room, Craig Johnson, so I put some blankets underneath one bed and it looks like there's a body in the bed. <laughs> and then got my... Behind the door, I'm sleeping on the floor. Yes, three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> pulled the bloody thing. Door comes like this. I look out, there's uh, Ronnie Whelan standing there. In walks this fella. And he, as he gets there, I tap him on the shoulder and hit him with a lip. <laughs> <laughs> on his nose again. Get the fuck out. Get the fuck out. Yeah. And then on the bus home, he was sitting in the front next to Dalglish and I was sitting in the back. That was it. <laughs> Did it get resolved? Did you make up or? Oh, we, no, listen, we can have a drink together now. No problem at all. He's just, but he's, he doesn't smile. Jeez, I was. I looked at that Bob Paisley on the on the uh, pitch, and I don't know why he was on the pitch because Bob Paisley never did. He signed him, <laughs> him and Mark Wright. Why were they on the pitch? But he's like, I know, no, he he's he's got a face that is like sucking a lemon. No, <laughs> 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 he never smiles. <laughs> My God. <laughs> anyway, we're friends today on Facebook. <laughs> Did you catch him with a gun on the left one? Oh, yeah. <laughs> when them younger lads were coming through the, the Spice Boy generation towards the, the end of your time at Liverpool, you know, Robbie Fowler's, yeah. Don Maxio. No, Robbie Fowler. Yeah, Matt yeah. Manaman, you had a bit of a, a Mac, rumble whip on the field. Mac Manaman, yeah, I wasn't really after uh, Mac Manaman. Shame, he was in the right place at the wrong time. <laughs> because the corner he was on the near post in the corner at Everton and uh, I shouted away got swung into the near post and, I, and he just shoved a, you know, swung a lazy left leg caught and went just by 18 yards you know and there's Ward hits a half volley straight through but I'm not after him I'm after the fella that's turned his freaking back on the ball yeah. block from the shot yeah He's like thrown his handbag down, turned his back, and <laughs> it wasn't it. Uh, Mark Walters. So now I'm off after him, and then halfway there, I think McManaman was here, and I said, "I knew you, little shit." <laughs> and that's why he just took the brunt of uh, yeah. you know me stopping going there. I said, "If I sh if I say away, kick it away, and give me another chance, not just lay a lazy left foot." So there was a handbags like that. You know, shove and I, I noticed the referee coming over so I was shoving and I noticed him and, I, and he's taking his book out and, and I'm saying well, what's the matter what, what, are you, what are you doing he says I'm well, you know you, you two I said no we're okay we, we, we sorted it out we're on the same team he said okay and he put his book back in okay, <laughs> on. well after the game Sunas had thrown this bloody boot at me he says don't ever do that on my watch yeah so I said, well, where, where is he? Huh? Where's Mark? Yeah. Oh, in the bath. Jeez, I got dressed and quick, dressed quickly in there in Everton. They've got these big baths. Jumped in and I went, hello there. I grabbed his hair, put it under the water and sat on his head. <laughs> I'm, tr I'm trying to drown him. And they, and they, guys are pulling me off. And, but again, today, we, we're very good friends. And again, it's on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what did Sunes say after that? After he just said, don't ever do that on my watch? He meant, don't fight on the pitch. Yeah, oh, so it's all right. In the change room, behind doors, yes. So I sorted out indoors, so I did try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, Mac, Mac and myself, we've, we, we laugh about it. 
because it was very stupid. <laughs> I, can't, I can't imagine him being a fighter. No, nah, <laughs> yeah. he's too much of a pretty boy. <laughs> Obviously, off to Southampton and then a bit of a. Oh, you're going to serve a blemish on your character. And nah, they they listen. The newspaper tried to do that, and uh, it was a long, long fight. Yeah, uh, I knew that I ne didn't didn't do anything wrong, and uh, so that kept my faith. But but teams didn't have that faith, you know. Southampton, yes, because it was uh, Alan Ball. Alan Ball played me 85% of the times when he was there. Um, we ended up 10th in the league. The next year, it was Dave Merrington, because Alan Ball had gone to Man City, and he kept on playing Dave Besant until six games to go until the end of the season. We're sitting in second last place. We're going out of the league. So he came to me and he said, listen, you're going to start. We won five and drew one, so got us out of relegation kept Southampton in the Premier League and then uh, the next manager I ran into my into his office and I put my uh, contract down I said listen I'd like to take my offer staying here he looked at this now you can piss off yeah well uh, because of all these allegations no 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 yeah because of uh, we had a little uh, a uh, run in, run in. Uh, that was Graham Souness <laughs> <laughs> so yeah <laughs> <laughs> because of our time at Liverpool, yeah. we had a bad, you know, him being boss and me being a player, it didn't work. Clash. Clash, yeah. And so when he went to Southampton, he said, no, you can bugger off. So I, I, I went around the houses. I went to, with Neil Warnock at Plymouth. Yeah. I went to Oxford for a week. And then I went to Sheffield Wednesday. Neil Warnock went to Oldham. I went to Oldham with Neil Warnock. Then he went to Bury. I went to Bury with him. Then he left me in the lurch and I found myself finding a team in Lincoln. <laughs> then I went to Chesham. Then I went to Northwich, Victoria, and I thought, bugger that, I'm gonna go and coach. So I went <laughs> out, went to Africa and took five teams in Africa. And then in 2007, I was living up in uh, Wakefield and Glass Out and Welfare came and knocked on the yeah. window and said- Fancy game? Yeah, no, I, they said, can you help us? I said, well, how do you want me to help? They said, well, with 2000, pound in the red and we need to you know stay in the league I said how do you want me to help he says a couple of um, couple of uh, dinners I said well that's only going to earn you two thousand you're going to find yourself in the same position I said to them listen when's your next home game they said uh, two weeks time I said advertise, advertise that I'm going to go and play so I did played and instead of 150 people and two dogs they had three and a half thousand people at the ground. Made them ten and a half thousand pounds and yeah. they're still in the league today. I hope you walked in your arms. No, 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 no. There was a very interesting thing because <laughs> when when we went... The ref had to give a penalty at some point. <laughs> no, no, no. When you go into the... Uh, you come from the cricket side into the clubhouse and go through the clubhouse to the dressing room side and the football side. So as you come in, there's a, two young ladies. One's got a bucket asking for ten pounds. So you throw your ten pounds in and you take a piece of paper out of this bucket and you look at it oh okay fine put it in your back pocket and you go well I found out what that uh, was you know before the game captain comes in he says there's 500 pound in the uh, forecast bucket forecast bucket oh that's the piece of paper in my pocket well 89th minute I remembered what that piece of paper meant because we're leading 2-0 and the forecast for the uh, I've got is 2-1 Oh, and, they've got, <laughs> and they've got a corner <laughs> so I'm thinking well you know let's see how far I can go with this one because I tell you what all the bullshit that I've had over the past yeah, yeah here we go corner comes I pushed it onto the crossbar and I dived and headed the bloody thing in <laughs> I've, I've won myself 500 pounds <laughs> so the captain comes to me and says, I said, you must have done it. What did I, I put the 500 pound in the dressing room and said, you guys, you can fill your boots with that tonight and I bug it off home. Yeah. And today I'm an honorary member of Glass Out and Welfare. I can go and drink there for free anyway. <laughs> and they're, they're and they're in, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you were living in Wakefield. I was in Wakefield, yeah. up in Wakefield? My second wife... Uh, we were we were courting at the time. We were, she was at the uh, 
in the Mid Yorkshire Trust. She worked at the Pontefract, Dewsbury, and uh, Wakefield yeah. hospitals. So, yeah. <coughs> you still have you still got that pound off Rupert Murdoch? Yes. Keep, did, oh, don't worry. It's check. in a check a yeah. check form. Yeah, one pound. Yeah, my daughter's uh, uh, my first daughter's got it. Yeah. What was that about? Uh, that's uh, they. I sued them. I got uh, awarded eighty-five thousand pound, and then Rupert Murdoch appealed, uh, took out the judge, and then they came came back that uh, I had, was awarded one pound. So I'm the only for all the for all the stuff, match yeah, fixing yeah. allegations. So they they gave me my life back in the pound instead of eighty five thousand damages. He got his uh, what's it uh, eighty four thousand nine hundred ninety uh, pound back because of you know what he did with the the judge manipulated so, things. So it was yeah, it was interesting. It's. Uh, a time with my life where I thought, well, yeah, I came full circle. Uh, you have to start again. So that yeah. was it. Very smart, though. The fact that because a lot of reported that you went bankrupt after, but I imagine and you declared beforehand. Yeah. Because no money's going back to Rupert Murdoch. No. So you, you made sure everything was sorted. Before sorted around. before the court cases. Yeah. I had uh, legal aid, which I had, and so it was good. Plain B. Plain smart. Obviously, the book's out now. Like I say, you've taken a lot of time reflecting on some crazy stuff that's gone. I mean, we haven't even mentioned Heysel and Hillsborough obviously being involved in that. And I mean, how how your head just has, hasn't been in pieces with the war, and, mm. and and but you've been reliving all that recently and bringing it all back. That self reflection. Yeah, and, and this <laughs> is uh, it's it's good to actually talk about it. Yeah. Um, and reflect on what you have been through in, in life. And a lot of people, that um, depression, yep. a lot of people in, the, in this country have got a, a lot of depression because they don't talk about it. They don't open freely and you know, admit what they have got. They keep it bottled up and then they just go into this deep, dark place. And a lot of footballers, a lot of sportsmen, a lot of army, ex-army, are in the same same position. If you have a look at the the statistics of um, suicides in this country, it's probably seventy percent are, are male. And in football, there is and there are quite a few players that have oh, yeah, been about a lot recently. And uh, if we can get the uh, the clubs and you know even ex players just to come and help out in that depression side of it. Mm-hmm. It'll make the world a much better place. Well said. Mm-hmm. Just to finish off, um, I read that a witch doctor uh, placed a curse on Liverpool after you finished playing that they wouldn't win the league again, and they haven't, not since 1990. I had a testimonial, and I had a witch doctor there, yeah? Yeah. and he said, if you don't have the jungle man with you, you won't win the, the league. So I'm back at Liverpool working, so there ah, we yeah. And uh, maybe, and if, if true, there were two ways that you could get rid of uh, the curse, is to pee on the posts, which I've done too. <laughs> and then I was caught by security and told to <laughs> not. Uh, and that's when we came second. Right. Oh, two pulls away from first. Yeah. <laughs> Forget Gerard's slip. And, and, then, <laughs> and then the other way is to relay the pitch, which it has done. It's been relayed last season, so it's uh, done. So the curse is gone. Yeah, I'm going to piss on them posts and I'll just make sure. <laughs> uh, it's just the Anfield Road end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that's what he said. But the jungle man is back with Liverpool, so don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, super. Bruce, thanks a lot. Yeah, thank you very yeah, much. Thank you. It's brilliant. been a pleasure. Thank you very really much indeed. And to all those way. listeners out there, don't worry. If you can dream it, you can do it. We'll end on that. Yeah. <laughs> there we go, Brucey. Enjoyed that very much so. 
Yeah, so did I. I mean, I'm, we even got a bit of Anfield rap out of him at the end. Oh, we'll fucking wait for that on the YouTube. I'm, do you know what? I've never felt so uncomfortable in all my life. Well, didn't didn't know the words. I was geared up for it. I was loving it. Yeah. That's that. I've just completed a dream. Fair play to him, like. He was yeah. up to yeah. well up for it. <laughs> I think he was going to wanted more. I think I'd like to have a. Uh, I'd like to sit and have a, a drink with him. Yeah. I think it'd be fucking incredible yeah. entertainment, like. Mm. There'll be a few stories that he probably couldn't tell today. That. Yeah. Yeah. Just a just a really nice fellow, weren't he? Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, I'll be honest. I, w- I was, I was a bit nervous. I was just wondering what kind of character he'd be. You know, say back with Kerman, you, you know, being a bit more, but more uptight and not as, as far. To be fair though, this is that's the first one we've, the first one we've done where neither none of us know him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, you know Bruce, don't you? From the oh from well, the obviously when I was fucking eight, but as lives have gone in different directions since yeah. then, haven't they? But yeah. That's, that's the first one we ever had. Couldn't shut him up afterwards, try and get an engineer around to his washing machine. <laughs> like my mum said last night. Seriously, mum went last night with one of our teachers. She went, Can you see if you can get Bruce and get engineer around? Yeah, she said it was shite that, but it was shite, it was shite that washing machine, and I'll get breaking. But when I went, bother, we got, we got a day out of it. I'm feeling about it. In fact, and I don't, I don't think I've ever told this story, we ended up. I bet you have. I, am. I, am. I promise you I am. I'm starting to get fucking smart. Okay? We get a fucking Stevie Nickel. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, McMahon works. We get a fucking Vince McMahon. Uh, funny enough, two other, a couple from Barnsley also <laughs> won. Also won. <laughs> a couple from Barnsley also won the uh, won a prize, the same prize, right? And they were coming home on train. So my old man says to him, look, I'll, uh, I'll take you home if you want, say fucking about with train and that. And anyway, I don't know why, I was only young and I was a bit nervous around folk back then. I needed a piss. Like, for most of the way home, right? And for some reason, I, I, were, I don't know if I were embarrassed, but I wouldn't say to my dad, dad, I need to, you need to stop for a piss. So I just pissed me sending my dad's car. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's, so that's not more embarrassing than asking to say I don't need a pencil, is it? This couple didn't have any idea, so they dropped, they dropped them at a, a pub, right? And my dad went, are you getting in front? I went, no, no, I'm staying here. Staying here. So he gets home, and gets out of the car. Dad, I pissed in the car. Just went straight, <laughs> <laughs> just went straight upstairs. Dad, I pissed in the car. Left him to something <laughs> Yeah. So that's the long-lasting memory of my trip to Anfield. And it's just carried on from there, really, hasn't it? <laughs> right, so that'll be all scrubble. Yeah, then. thanks once again for listening. See you next week. Don't forget to get over to the iTunes, yes. as always. Get even if you, you if you listen to it on any, anything else, just leave us a review yeah, on iTunes. Just get on iPhone, do the honest. Leave us a review on iTunes. Yeah. If you've you given us five stars anyway, we're not interested in the old one stars, are YouTube we? YouTube channel, subscribe. Subscribe to the YouTube channel as we... Bruce, you'll be on again. The full I'm extended version. Do you know him well enough to call him Bruce? Oh, we're tight now. Pretty fucking tight. It's familiar, isn't he? I know, yeah. Brucey this. Grobs. 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 Big G. Yeah. BG. So yeah, he'll be on there, won't Jungle he? Man. Jungle, I like that. That sounds impressive, doesn't mm. it? So there we go. Thanks for listening once yes. again. Yes, yeah. see you, uh, we'll see see you next soon. week. With, uh, we're not sure which it is yet. <laughs> we're fucking running out of players. We'll be somewhere anyway. Any players? Any players who've we'll got any crack? <laughs> If you think you've got good banter, get, get in touch and you, you might, you're more than welcome to come on. <laughs> Please. That's the met you before, Bruce. Yeah. Yeah. Go on. I'll show you the photo. Pitch side. No, in the, uh, in the bar, in the players' lounge. Players' lounge. Jesus. Which one's you? <laughs> <laughs> Which one? Well, I'll probably be about. Shapers, creepers. I'll probably be about. That's eight, 1981. Eight or nine, yeah. No, it's not. I'm. I was born in 81. It was a candy. You were born in 81. Born in 81. And how old are you there? Probably about eight, nine. So 89. Yeah. So when you were sponsored by candy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we the Italian uh, washing, machine. washing machines. We, we, bought, we bought a candy washing machine. You won a, and won a we went to a free prize, and that was a prize. <laughs> Ticket for two to go and watch game and, and all that. <laughs> that went for the, the football dream. I sold the football dream. <laughs> on, a, on, a, on a candy ticket. Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> I've not stopped eating candy fucking since. <laughs> it looks like it. <laughs> You're getting as big as Jan. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.